Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. In today's episode, I wanna teach you how to properly read a mutual fund or just regular investments fact sheet. Let's get into it. So for starters, and just as an example, I'm gonna reference the Franklin Templeton Income Fund. This is a mutual fund that has a bunch of different classes and a bunch of different information, so I thought it'd be a great example to help you understand how to read a fact sheet. By no means am I recommending you get this investment and by no means will I be providing the prospectus or anything else to invest in this mutual fund. Do your own research and seek Franklin Templeton's help for a prospectus if you're interested in investing in this. This is strictly an example so that you can go to whatever mutual fund, ETF, or investment you like and have a better understanding of how to read all the information on these fact sheets. Okay, now that all these legal disclaimers are out of the way, let's dive in. Now, the first thing you want to look at when looking at a fact sheet is the funds description. This gives you a very brief understanding of what this particular mutual fund or ETF seeks to do with its investments. For our example, the description of this mutual fund is simply this. The fund seeks to maximize income while maintaining prospects for capital appreciation by investing in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds. So just from reading that description, we understand that this mutual fund's main goal is to provide its investors with income, as well has a secondary goal of capital appreciation. So its main goal is to provide income with a secondary goal of growing your investment's value over time. They do so by investing in a wide variety of diversified stocks and bonds. Now, obviously, the biggest, most obvious thing that's going to catch your eye is that beautiful graph in the top right corner that says if you invested $10,000 in this mutual fund's inception date, what it would be worth today. In this mutual fund's example, if you invested $10,000 in 1948 when this particular mutual fund originated, it would be worth over $9 million today. Now, this entire graph is purely for marketing purposes to catch your eye and to make you fall in love with how much money you could have in the future. But as for information, it really provides no valuable information. It is just an eye-catchy thing that they put on there. The next piece of valuable information you're gonna to wanna to look at is this mutual fund's net assets. And basically, the net asset is calculated like this. Mutual funds will have assets and liabilities, and the difference between the two will either give you a positive or negative number. If there are more liabilities than assets, the number will be negative, and if there's more assets than liabilities, the number will be positive. So in the case of this particular mutual funds, they have way more assets than they do liabilities, giving them a positive net asset value of over $68 million. Another valuable piece of information is the dividend frequency. On the fact sheet, it will clearly tell you just how often they expect to pay out a dividend. In the case of this fact sheet, it is saying monthly and not only monthly, but by the second day of the month. So that correlates with the description of this mutual fund providing you with income. Every month, this mutual fund will pay you a dividend so that you can generate income and potentially live off that income. This mutual funds fact sheet tells you the different types of class shares that this particular fund offers. There's usually A, B, C, and R classes, but this particular mutual fund has advisor class A, C, R, and R6. Now, when it comes to what each class means, a class A mutual fund share is your typical mutual fund. These are front end loaded funds, meaning all the sales fees are charged to you on the front end. So as you put $100 in, a portion of that $100 automatically gets deducted to pay for that sales fee. 
The good thing about a front-loaded sales fee mutual fund is that there are no fees on the back end, only the annual 12B1 fee. So as an example, with the Class A share, you could pay about 4% up front and pay a very minimal 12B1 fee every year throughout the course of your investment timeframe. Whereas a Class C share is there is no front end sales fee, but there is a sales fee every year. Think of this as like an annual fee. It is very level and you just pay it every year as the years progress. And why you would choose one or the other is pretty much just your preference and your investment strategy. If you wanna put as much money as you can into this investment and don't mind paying a higher annual fee, then a C share might be best because you could buy more shares with the amount of money you give them versus with a class A share where they take more upfront. Or if you're a very long-term investor and you plan on being in this mutual fund very long, you could pay a class A share because you'll get all the fees out of the way and give you complete growth as the year progresses. It's really just up to you and your preferences. The class R and class R6 shares are for retirement accounts. Some retirement accounts like 403Bs, 401Ks, and 457Bs will offer mutual funds as part of their investment portfolios. And usually it's the class R share that are placed into these retirement accounts. The class R share has no front end fees or level fees like the A or C does, but they do still have the 12B1 annual fee. Likewise, the R6 share has no fees whatsoever, no sales fee or 12B1 fees. But like I said, with the R and the R6, they're only available in retirement accounts. So as a recreational investor, you will probably only have access to the advisor class, the A class, and the C class of this particular mutual fund. Now, just to the right of that is the historical returns of each share class. In this particular fact sheet, it only gives you the historical returns of A class and C class. And as you can see with the A class's front end fees, when you look at the returns with and without the fees, you can see that fees really eat in to the returns. And that's why a lot of advisors tell you to go more towards the ETF route where there is hardly any fees. And that's because pretty much all growth that you could see in most mutual funds will be eaten up by all the fees that they charge you. So it is really hard to get really good growth in a mutual fund, but that's not to say that it's impossible and there are some really great mutual funds out there. Now, just under this, they give you the historical performance of previous years. And this is mostly to intrigue you with large numbers, as well as to give you a sense of expectations on what kind of volatility is to be expected in this particular mutual fund. As an example, with the Class A share in 2015, it was down 7%, but the following year it rose to grow over 16%. So in this mutual fund, it can be pretty volatile, but you can also see some really good returns. Just to the left of that, you'll see the funds management. These three individuals are all CFAs, which stands for Chartered Financial Analysts, and they give how much experience they have total in the industry, as well as how long they've been at Franklin Templeton. Now, in my opinion, this is kind of valuable information because if you see all three of these names have little to no experience, then you know that there is a higher risk of this mutual fund failing or getting at zero or negative returns because of the lack of experience that these particular investors would have. In this particular case, there is some pretty experienced individuals managing this mutual fund, and that is not necessarily the case. But with everything, there's always human error and hubris involved. So no matter how much experience you have, you're always gonna be open to that risk when another person is managing your portfolio. 
Now just under that, it tells you the maximum sales charge. Now with all mutual funds in the prospectus, there are breakpoints. So the more money you give them, the less they're gonna charge you in sales fees. So this gives you some information on what's the maximum they're gonna potentially charge you. And usually with mutual funds from what I've seen, the max sales charge will be charged to people that deposit anywhere from zero to $100,000 into this mutual fund. But every mutual fund is different and the prospectus will tell you exactly what kind of sales fee you're going to pay depending on how much money you give them to invest in this particular fact sheet it says the maximum sales fee is 3.75 percent meaning for every hundred dollars you give them three dollars and 75 cents of it automatically gets taken away and sent to them as a sales fee and the remaining 96 dollars and 25 cents gets invested into the mutual fund to grow now further down the fact sheet, you'll be able to see the asset allocation that this particular mutual fund is contributing and investing in. So you can see it's 46% equity, 29% fixed income, 23% convertibles, and 1% cash. Which again ties into the description of this particular fact sheet and this particular mutual fund. They said that they would invest in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds, and this particular allocation shows that. It shows a lot of equities, which are stocks, and a lot of, and a lot of fixed incomes, which are bonds. And moving just to the right of that, you could see their top 10 holdings. In this particular case, it's a lot of value stocks or companies that have been around a while and are very well established. You can see JP Morgan Chase, PepsiCo, Chevron, all of these are very established businesses. Now to the right of that, we look at the fund measures. And the first one you see is the average weighted maturity. Here, the average weighted maturity is 3.26 years. This means that every three and a quarter years, the bonds that this mutual fund is investing in matures, and they'll get that money invested back and choose to distribute it to its investors or reinvest it into more bonds. But this is basically the average weighted maturity of all their debt investments in this mutual fund. And just under that is the beta. If you're not familiar with beta, the beta basically measures how risky an investment is compared to the overall market. The overall market representing a one. So if a beta on a mutual fund is also a one, that means it is as risky as the overall market. In this particular case, the beta is 1.14, meaning it is just a little bit more risky than the overall market itself. But the beta is not measured in literally the overall stock market like the S&P 500 or the total stock market of the NASDAQ or whatever. The beta for this particular mutual fund is measured based on the benchmark, which is all the lettering in between those parentheses. All that is the benchmark that this particular mutual fund uses that they try and get the same or better returns of. So in this particular case, the beta says that it is just barely more risky than that particular market itself. Now, somewhere on the fact sheet, it'll give you the composition of the fund. And in this particular example, it is on the second page or the back of the fact sheet. It'll give you the breakdown of everything they invest in and the sectors they invest in on the equity side, as well as on the debt side or the bond side. In this particular example, in the equity side, you see it's mostly financials with a mixture of pretty much every other sector in the market out there mixed in. But you can also see from the percentages that it's pretty well mixed and pretty even. Whereas if we go over to the debt side or the bond side, you see that it's 20%, very highly weighted towards high yield corporate bonds. Now, another name for high yield bonds are junk bonds. 
These are not the AAA rated bonds that are investment grade like the government treasury is. These are junk bonds, meaning they pay a higher yield or higher interest. Think of it like you as a person. If you have really bad credit, you pay more in interest to borrow money versus someone that has really good credit, they pay less in interest. The same is true for the bonds. If you have low credit or are offering a junk bond, you're going to have to win the investor over with paying more interest. This is how this mutual fund tries to have that capital appreciation and monthly income for its investors. They invest in high yield junk bonds so that they can get monthly income in the form of dividends while also getting that higher interest rate to appreciate the investment value over time. And underneath all of that is the legal jargon that they have to put inside these fact sheets to let you know what it is they're talking about and what it is they're trying to sell you. So if you didn't know what a beta was or a standard deviation, here in the glossary, it exactly tells you what it is so that you can know what this particular word or phrase means and go back to the fact sheet to better understand what those figures are telling you. Now this fund did a good job when showing us its beta to include the benchmark they use right next to the beta. But assuming your particular fact sheet doesn't do that, here in the important information of the fact sheet, you'll see exactly what the benchmark is. You'll see it plain as day in bold, it'll say benchmark, and then it'll tell you what the benchmark is. So a good practice to do is to Google the benchmark that they use and track that benchmark's performance. Then track the performance of this particular mutual fund. And if the mutual fund is beating their benchmark, then that is great news. But if the mutual fund's not beating their benchmark and never has beat their benchmark, then you know there might be some investment strategy issues involved with this mutual fund and you might wanna keep looking. But when it comes to reading a fact sheet, that's pretty much it. I hope you got value from this video and I hope I helped educate you on how to properly read a fact sheet to figure out if a mutual fund or ETF is even worth your time investing in. But just remember that the fact sheet is also designed for marketing purposes and to get the real nitty gritty information, you need to go straight to that particular fund's prospectus. If you got value from this video, please remember to like and subscribe because it really helps the YouTube algorithm in getting this channel out there so that I can help educate more people. But until our next video, have a good one.